Well, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try. That one thing that we're referring to here is the connection to the higher self part of our true self-anatomy that people call by various different names. Our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to tot connection, connection with the one thing, day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things that we can solve separately from tot. And in this episode, we're continuing our discussion from the prior episode, from the last episode of Purpose and the One Thing. Right. So hello. Um, Sometimes you might want to listen to this last episode because we might say things that won't make as much sense uh, as if you were to listen to the episode. We talked just briefly about the cart before the horse. So sometimes we go out and we kind of scratch externally in the world for what our purpose is. And we do that in that disconnected from life force state. And it, and then we end up landing in places that aren't necessarily the most highest aligned and best purposeful use of our life energy. So one of the things that we can sometimes do in that disconnected state is that we confuse, or I don't know, we, 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 we use um, purpose as a way of avoiding our connection. <laughs> Because we think we're doing the right thing by trying to discover and figure out our purpose. And there's nothing wrong about that. It's just that it really doesn't go as well when we're disconnected. So David and I have had this conversation about how there's, you know, there's our soul growth mission. There's our prime directive, as David mentioned before, which is literally if all we did for the rest of our lives is do whatever we're doing in connection with the source of all life we would be fulfilling our soul's mission. And then as an overflow, as a cherry on top, as icing on the cake, <laughs> we, we get to make impact because we're here as humans in the world that needs our, our soul connection. And the impact that we make from that place is really potent. And so when we, when we make that alignment, and we make that connection to the source of all life, we're naturally directed towards our purpose. And it, it, it just becomes an overflow, like, you know, a, a chalice or something, a cup spilling over, where our, the impact we have in the world comes from that overflow of being so connected. And then, you know, that's our purpose. However that plays out in whatever playground, so to speak, that plays out, that could be any job that any any business job or or um, service, you know, that you could think of would fall under that impact category, and the overflow will guide us there. Yes, agreed, totally right. And oh, I already said you said I sorry about the cart before the horse. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'm just going to tie that back in. But before I do. I want to apologize ahead of time to our viewers because for some unknown reason, the lip sync with what you're saying is out of sync, oh, yeah. at least some of the time. And so if if any of you viewing this notice that, we apologize. We're not quite sure what uh, why that's happening, but it is. So 
when we, going back to the, the cart before the horse, when we put the cart before the horse, as we mentioned in the last episode, we don't really create anything that's enduringly impactful. And so when Lori said there's nothing wrong with it, you're free to do it. There is nothing wrong with it on that level. It's just, in our experience, not terribly efficient over the long run. Um, it, it creates more complications than than things it solves. So it, it might help temporarily to a limited extent, but in the end, when we when we do that, we're we're just regurgitating old, taut, disconnected energy. The the disconnected energy that is the old version of being in the world that's in the process of, of finally being replaced on a broad scale, on a broader scale probably than the than any other time previously in history. And one of the ways that I can tell, and I what I'm about to say, I know I'm very far from alone in this, that a lot of other people have a similar experience. But one of the ways that I can tell when I am trying to be impactful in the world in a taut, disconnected way is when I shift internally from being of service in a non-attached way, meaning that I'm of service because it's what I'm called to do and the results of my best efforts can be whatever they are. When, I'm, when I fall out of that taut, connected state, I fall into crusading. I fall into this this effortful, uh, efforted, not not effortful. Effortful is fine. This over-efforted um, attachment to having my impact bring about what I'm um, I'm attached to having it bring about, and that kind of crusading is using our impact mission as a form of spiritual bypass, thinking that. Uh, that I can only be spiritually connected. I can only be in a state of peace and love and connection and joy after I've succeeded with making the changes that I'm trying to make. And that is actually a very fancy and often um, socially applauded form of self-victimization. So... You might have to re-listen to that part again because it's very juicy and it is about socially approved forms of self-victimization. So keeping our personal spiritual development and our do-gooding, and I mean that in a positive sense, our do-gooding and social activism and service in separate boxes is not as effective or helpful over the long run because... What Lori and I have both found is that one should be the outgrowth of the other. And the one that should be the outgrowth of the other is that our soul growth mission, our personal development mission, is what should lead to the expression of our impact mission, not separated from the, uh, each other and not the other way around. Soul growth mission comes first out of that impact mission grows. Yeah, nice. And the other thing that we lovely humans can get ourselves caught and tangled up into 
is the idea that we pursue money as a primary um, driver. And, and we, we often think, oh, I'm gonna, I wanna make a lot of money and that'll be purposeful. And it's not that it wouldn't be, but again, if we're disconnected from the flow of life, which is part of the essence of money, then there's just this sort of like compartmentalization that Western minds tend to be really, really good at. <laughs> so, um, you know, we just, we just want, the the abundant the natural abundance to come from our soul alignment the overflow into our impact mission and and then the abundance tends to be you know part of that same alignment and uh, that that's what is the best way to generate the money that we need um, that I think both of us have come to understand yeah yes and Lori is planting a teaser for a couple of episodes from now, two episodes beyond the one that you're watching right now, where we're going to delve into the money pieces around spirituality in some very juicy ways that even for Lori and me, who have, uh, Lori and I have explored spiritual dimensions of money for a very, very long time, but we're going to offer some perspectives on that that are new even to us at this point. Yeah, it's juicy, juicy stuff. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's just, you know, get it's like anything We're we're at a period in time where, you know, we have to get right with the energy of life. And there's, there's these spokes to the wheel, you know, relationships and family and work and how we take care of ourselves and money and all, all those things, the impact. And, you know, we, we just need that wheel to be in a healthy condition. So it's kind of fun to talk about all those folks <laughs> yes indeed and so the seed that we're wanting to plant with you today is that we have the possibility of accessing through the one thing this fresh non-historically tied divine based set of solutions that always result in more love than less and that really make deep impact that has lasting rather than just transient value. Yeah, you might recall, I don't remember which episode it is, that what, what science has come to understand is that the entire fabric of the universe is, is a weave of love and that, that, that we're a part of that, that, that tapestry, so to speak. Each of us our own thread, but we're part of this bigger tapestry, just like a drop of the ocean is part of the whole ocean, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, we're, we're really talking about, uh, we're, we're talking about going to places. How, what's that line, uh, you know, frontiers that have never been, is there a line? Oh, from Star Trek? Yeah. What, what is it? Going, going where we've never been before or where we've never gone. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, to seek out new civilizations and go where no one has gone before. That's it. So, you know, let's just say the new civilizations are the new connections and, um, right. And the new civilization is us. Is us. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. 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 Um, and we're, so that's why we're saying non-historically tied because we've already tried the historical hamsters wheel over and over and over in just different centuries or decades or whatever. What we haven't tried is this powerful connection that we are calling the one thing or taught so that higher level solutions, you know, super conscious intelligence, divine mind intelligence can be brought in through us 
to make big changes, much like people like Mahatma Gandhi did or Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King. We all know those examples. And one of the first things a human mind might want to do is, well, I'm not I'm not that. I'm not them. They're, they're, that, that's their, you know, unique and different. And I can't, I'm not possibly one of those in this life. But I, I also want to make it very clear that there are so many stories, scores and scores of stories of everyday people, just like you and I, who do similar things, maybe on a smaller scale, maybe not, obviously not as recognized as, you know, these, these more um, well-known people, uh, not in the view of mass media. So hardly anybody knows about it, but it's actually going on every day, all day. And so, you know, we really want to help invite you to, to consider that you or Anybody listening, myself, David, none of us are exceptions to the rule that when we align with the truth of our higher nature um, and, that, and that we all have a version of this as, as who we are, it's part of our anatomy, that we can do really magical things in our sphere of influence. And that's all we're supposed to do is the, you know, the, the, the beautiful things in our sphere of influence you know, beauty is also an expression of, of div the, div the divine tapestry, just like love is. So that's, that's it. So you, you know, it would be, it would be Im impossible to ask us ourselves to be someone that we're not. So we're just inviting you to set aside this idea that you're not like, you know, a, a Nelson Mandela or a Mother Teresa, you actually are. <laughs> and, and so uh, I could go on and on about that. But I think that's, um, that's what I'll stick with. <laughs> <laughs> that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah, exactly. And just to wrap a, a little bow around that beautiful stuff that you're describing is, uh, is whatever that version that Lori's talking about that that we all have in us, whatever that version is for you, is your purpose. And that's why true purpose can only be an extension and an expression of taught connection and why our impact mission is meant to be an expression of our soul growth mission. Beautiful, yeah. And you know, the universal uh, version of the soul growth, growth mission is about peeling back all the layers that happen to be in the way of express, expressing our true, whole, and perfect essence of, of our being that is love. And then the personal version is peeling away whatever our layer, our personal layers happen to be. So um, it could be let me just rephrase that. We all have this true divine essence in us and the work in a given life is to peel back those layers so that we have access to that part of ourselves. And then we offer that, you know, to the world basically in whatever way that is. That could be to one child. It could be to a, a, your family, it could be to a community. It could be to the whole world. It, it's different for everybody. And each piece of the puzzle is perfect. Yes, indeed. So what Lori and I are going to do next is we're each going to share a little bit about how we each discovered our soul growth mission and what that is for each of us. 
just so that you can have uh, a starting place for contemplating or going deeper into your exploration of what yours might be. So I, I really tapped into my soul growth mission with adult level clarity for the very first time back in 1988. Uh, no, 1989, which would have made me 20, uh, 30, 35 years old. And at that point in time, I fully reclaimed a memory that I had known that I'd had for a, a long time before that, but I had never taken full ownership of it. This memory is a different kind of memory than what some people talk about when they talk about past life experiences, if they resonate with that way of understanding human consciousness. Mine is a between life experience uh, that I recall. And it's just before coming into this life. And what I'm doing is I'm pleading with the spiritual presences around me to not make me come back into this life, to, to, to be exempted from coming into physical form because of how much I loved it on the other side. And this may sound a little crazy to some of you, and if so, so be it. I, I don't know what to do about that because this is just the way it lands or registers in me. And what I was told with total love and yet total firmness, was that what my soul needed to learn next, what my soul growth was about, could not occur except in the physical plane, except in the physical universe. And that, that mission was to finally get in the essence of my being, in the cells of my core, that nothing, this is, this is the wording that, that was transmitted to me, nothing in this physical universe, nothing in this world can either harm me or save me. And that's not learnable on the other side. It's only learnable in the physical universe. And what I actually hadn't put together with that until just a few days before Lori and I are recording this episode was that the only way I could get to that place and what, uh, no, actually that's not quite the right wording, the accurate wording, that the way I can tell if I'm getting to that place, if I'm really mastering this soul growth lesson that has taken me virtually the better part of my life to get, which is really the, what soul growth lessons are about. They're not one and done or, you know, mastered in a day or a week or a month or a year or a decade. They're, they're, they, they're so deep that they, they take the better part of a lifetime to master. That for me, the key was to finally f free myself of very, very deep programming 
that got fully gelled in me by the time I was three years old, that if other people or as long as other people in the world are suffering, that I'm not allowed to be fully happy, that I have to hold back on my happiness. And really the only way that I can embody for myself, maybe for others too, but just in my relationship with me, the only way I can embody for myself the reality that nothing in this universe can either harm me or save me is to notice that I stay in joy and love and peace, even in the face of the undesired and the unacceptable. So that's a lifelong soul growth mission for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so gosh, I don't even know where to start on this. I feel like I've cycled through many soul growths <laughs> since, you know, in my teens. I, I can say that in, in my mid-20s, I was in, the, in corporate. I, I didn't have any sort of way of considering that I could choose a, a career that I liked. And, and then one day I realized, huh, I don't really like this corporate thing. And, and it seems like I should have a, a bit more joy and a bit more passion for what I woke up to and did every day, all day for years to come. <laughs> so I went on a treasure hunt for what that might be. And it, it took a couple of years and you know, I did, I did different jobs and read books on how to find your purpose and your, your, your work mission and all of that. And I landed in the, the world of healing and it, it definitely resonated for me. And it, I, I couldn't have gotten there if I also wasn't doing my spiritual work in my twenties, you know, there was so much to learn now, you know, I'm, I'm 60 and, I, I know there's still so much to learn, but I've also gotten a little bit of experience under my belt. So I can say that looking back in hindsight, oh my gosh, I was under a pile of learning. <laughs> so it was just a constant willingness to um, connect and, you know, be clunky and, and, and not, and just do whatever came up next. And what I know now is that if and this has changed over time, just I think in, the, in a general way, too, is that if I'm pushing a boulder up the hill, if I'm rowing my boat up a stream, then then I'm, I'm doing the wrong thing. So, you know, David mentioned the idea of, or the words joy. It, I know when I'm I'm in a flow with my higher presence, when I'm feeling more joy than not when I'm in a place of being able to be self-accepting and self-compassionate if things happen that are on the, you know, that are more difficult to navigate and to just be able to kind of hold all of it with a, with a welcoming um, kind of a heart instead of a resisting against. I, I am not saying I don't still resist things because I do, but I'm practicing <laughs> not resisting as much. And um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There, I don't know how to distill a soul growth down into anything more than that. I think that's the best way to say it. Sweet, sweet. And again, your version of this is most likely going to be different from both Lori's and mine. So we're only sharing our journeys or at least snippets and summaries of our own journeys around identifying our respective soul growth missions 
in the hope that it will give you a, a launching place, a, a jumping off place for crystallizing whatever your own happens to be. Yeah. And, and one more thing to just kind of plug there is that it happens with so much more grace and ease in your connection to your higher self and much less so in your disconnection. And that is a perfect tie-in to our takeaways from this episode, which are around the theme of this, that identifying and integrating your tot-centered soul growth mission is what comes first. And, and, and so we want to encourage you to identify and integrate your tot-centered soul growth mission and then when you have that more crystallized than perhaps you have it right now, then revisit your sense of your impact mission to see how that greater clarity about your soul growth mission is more fully informing your impact mission. So aligning your purpose, your soul growth mission, and your impact mission is, as I was saying earlier, a long journey that's not meant to take a month or a year or a decade, it's meant to take a lifetime. So lean into it. Give yourself the grace and the breathing room for it to emerge and evolve and refine and clarify and crystallize itself and evolve itself over the course of your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we don't actually get to a place where we're like there, where we're, we've arrived. We keep evolving as long as we're in body. And as far as I understand, even when we transform into the non-physical. So there's no there, there, <laughs> there's no there, there either. So we might as well just sort of like David said, lean into it or relax back into it and, and let it, you know, be present with yourself so that you can be in this dynamic exchange with life and your own higher presence to, to... And, and compassionate yeah. about the fact that it evolves and emerges over the span of a lifetime that it's not about I got to get it all figured out today that actually will close down the evolution process rather than facilitate it right so one of the things you could do is do a brief scan of your life and identify one of the themes that tends to come up a lot. You know, there's, we all have a few of those that it just keeps circling back and circling back. And <laughs> if you've ever said to yourself, man, I thought I dealt with that, or I thought I, you know, did work around that or whatever, but it comes back that that would be a good theme to consider. And, and just notice, you know, where, where your pitfalls are over, over the life that you've already lived and, and see if you can't, um, welcome that that pitfall or whatever you want to call it. Welcome the theme. Let's call it a theme, not a pitfall. Welcome that theme as a teacher to you and invite it to have you know what it would, what that theme is, is wanting to teach you. And that's very different than pushing against it and wanting to make it go away and, you know, doing everything we can to shut it down. I mean, those are two very different approaches. So, um, you know, if you notice you're angry about it or judgmental or impatient or resistant, you know, th these actually are very good signals towards where some soul growth is. And uh, I get it. I mean, I realize that when I become really angry about something, then I'm, I'm on to, uh, you know, kind of a, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like a popping point of, of the, of another piece of soul growth. Ditto. And it, it can be, um, I mean, it, it just, you, we just have to be with ourselves during those things. And I think compassion and kindness, like David said, is, is, you know, really valuable gifts to give yourself. Um, and then what else was I going to say about that? Yeah. So those are your soul growth edges when, you know, when you feel sort of strong emotional energy and, and then you can just be in this this sort of heart inquiry with yourself, as you're doing your soul growth. What is it that you're What is it you're here to make impact around? What is it that? And you know, we we've heard this, but it, there really is some truth to this. That whatever you feel um, that you love to do, or or that you feel. Uh, you know, a strong attraction towards, or you have a lot of energy around, or you'd love to see changed in the world. I mean, there's plenty to choose from, right? <laughs> so there is something to be said about going towards those things that have meaning and joy and, you know, and a, and a, and a, uh, and juice for you. So that would be our, um, one of our takeaway recommendations is that you, uh, you you stay connected you tap into what your soul growth aspects are you know there's usually two or three main ones like being lovable i'll just give you a couple of common ones that are um true for almost all human beings they just show up in so many different ways you know being feeling like we're lovable um and good enough and uh the, the abandonment abandonment is a big one and like I know I have a patience. We all have to work through judgment. I mean, judgment is so rampant. It's kind of hysterical in some ways, although it's very, um, I mean, it owns us. So that's not very funny at all, but it's ridiculous how, how rampant judgment is. So those are some of the themes that you can look toward to just find out where your soul growth um, edges might be. And then you can be in the inquiry. What's, what, what do you, what would you, what would your higher self like to, let you be an instrument for in this life. Yeah, uh, spot on. And to summarize that last piece, once you're clearer about your soul's purpose, and each time this happens, a next further step in the future that you that you step into uh, an uh, an even fuller or deeper sense of your soul growth mission. When, whenever that happens, ask your highest wisdom how this new clarity extends or evolves into your impact mission. Combining these takeaways that Lori and I are describing right now, the, this provides for you what we believe is a practical boots on the ground way to connect your top connection with your purpose. And the clarity that integrating our soul growth mission and our impact mission creates is really what unmuddles an important chunk of our confusion as individuals for so many of us. That's why this is a value. That's why this exercise, this takeaway is something we believe would be of value. Yeah. And honestly, and that's so well said, David, it, honestly, if all you did, because you're not quite sure what else to do, but connect, you will be shown out of your connection, what 
the next step is and the next step is, and it may not make any sense at the time, but it will eventually add up to a day where you'll say, oh, wow, that was a cool little path. I could never have thought of that myself. But in your connection, you get guided. Yes. And that's the beauty of 2020 hindsight. Right. (laughs) So in our next episode, we are going to be bringing, we're going to be talking about how to bring the source of life into our all everyday, everything we're doing in our days, you know, because sometimes people think it's like this big thing over here and then we do our day over here. And so we'd like to talk about how to weave those two together. So, and, and then in the episode after that, we'll talk about a deeper spiritual relationship around money. Right. And we have a a fun way of considering uh, how to look at your days when we come together next time. So until then, remember to dance with your better half, which is the one thing, the source of your life. 